0: For those who don't know, I'm Bob Spencer, um, otherwise known as Jake's dad. Um, There's some other areas where that's all I'm known as, Jake's dad, but that's okay. Um, Back in 1981, I don't know how many of you can remember that year. Um, my wife got saved. She gave her life to the Lord, and it was glorious, and all I knew was I didn't want to hear about it. Um, I was raised a heathen. Um, We didn't go, go to church. The only time we went to church was if I was staying at my grandmother's house, and she would take me or the only other time would be when my dad wanted to play on the church softball team and he had to go to that church to be able to play. So we'd go to that church. Um, but other than that, I had no church upbringing. And, um, so in 81, Diane got saved and she honored my request that I didn't want to hear about it. Um, I was glad she got what she needed And I was just fine without all that. And lo and behold, a year later, I got saved. Just gloriously, out of nowhere. Um, The only thing I found out later was the cause of it was because Diane told me that when I was sleeping, she'd lay hands and pray on me. (laughs) I told her that was cheating, but... So... I got saved in 1982, didn't know anything about the Bible. The only thing I knew was there was this guy named Jesus, and there was God, and that's all I knew. And so, like, by the end of the first week after giving my life to the Lord, I had read the whole New Testament. I was so hungry. I wanted to know everything there was about this God that I just committed my life to. By the end of the first month, I'd read the whole Bible. And constantly I was saying to Diane, did you know this? But what about this? And like, are we tithing? Well, no. Well, we need to be tithing. And just everything I could find in the Bible, I wanted to know about. I'm constantly barraging her with questions. And of course, most of it, I would say, did you know? And she'd go, yeah, I know. (laughs) She had been there. But I was just hungry to get to know this God who I had given my life to. And so that was how I started out my walk with God. So this morning, I want to talk to y'all about knowing God in the scriptures. He's everywhere in there. Um, Now, this is going to be more like a teaching than a preaching, so hopefully you won't get too bored. But we are going to be talking about the Word of God, so how can you get bored, right? So let me start just by praying, calming myself. It's been years since I've stood before a body of believers and preached the Word, or taught the Word. Um, So, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Um, So let's pray. Lord, first of all, I pray that you'd take the nervousness away from me. Um. I know that you're here. You said you would never leave us or forsake us. So we know that you are here this morning. And you have a plan and a purpose for this morning. Uh, Amid all the chaos of trying to get set up, you were here. And you had a plan. And you have a plan for the rest of this morning. So I pray, Lord, as we look into your word to see how we can experience you we know that you're gonna show up, be here, and speak to each one of our hearts. So I pray for each person here, that as the word goes out, that the word would accomplish everything you set it out to do in each one of our lives. And we do wanna lift up Jake to you, pray for healing in his physical body and all other people in our community of believers here, that you touch each one that needs a touch. In Jesus' name, amen. So, everywhere that we look in the Bible, it tells us about God. Um, it tells us who he is. You know, if we would look at his names, just look at all of his names in the Bible, that will tell you who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Rapha, he's Jehovah Nisi, he's, he's all these things and um, so I would encourage you, look up those names. Find out what they mean. And that'll help you to find out more about who God is for you. You know, this isn't just words and names. This is who God is for each one of us individually. Um, it's all, it also tells us in the Word how he does things it tells us how he shows himself to people. And then the other thing that the Bible shows us is all the ways that we can experience God in our lives. There's so many ways we can experience God in our own individual lives according to his purposes. So I'm gonna list a few of the ways here. This isn't all inclusive. Uh, There's any way God wants to. He can show Himself to you. But these are some ways in the the Bible that uh, He shows us ways we can experience Him for our own lives. So we can seek Him in the Scriptures. We can love and worship Him. We can pray to Him. We can experience Him by waiting on Him, by obeying Him, by trusting Him, and by fearing Him. So... And this is all stuff that's in the ADJ book. And so, you know, if you've not gotten the book and you want to, we've got some available out here. And if you're in a life group, you're going to be able to experience the book in the life group. We're going to be preaching through it here, but you don't have to have the book uh, for what we're preaching on Sunday mornings or what we're doing in a life group. You don't have to have the book, okay? But it's a great guide. Love the book. Okay, so I'm going to run through those again. And this is what we're going to be talking about. We can seek God in the scriptures. We can experience him by loving and worshiping him. Pray to him. Wait on him. Obey him. Trust him. And fear him. So we're going to focus on those things today. Um, So first of all, I just want to establish, we know that the writers of the New Testament were experienced in the scriptures because they reference them in the New Testament writings. Um, In fact, they were referenced in the New Testament from the Old Testament 283 times. Now, I have to say, I didn't go through and read all those 283. I didn't count them, okay? I'm just trusting on Wikipedia here. (laughs) So, that's how many they say. So, an example would be in Ephesians 5. Um, Paul wrote, talking about husbands and wives as it relates to the marriage of Christ in the church. And in verse 31, he says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So, in that verse, he's quoting Genesis 2.24. So that shows that he knew the Old Testament and he understood God's plan for marriage from that Old Testament scripture. Uh, another is in Matthew 22. A lawyers questioning Jesus about which is the great commandment in the law and Jesus responds in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And he said to him he, Jesus, said to him, the lawyer, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandments. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what he was doing there was referencing Deuteronomy 6, 5 and Leviticus nineteen eighteen. So again, the New Testament scriptures... Are referring back to the Old Testament so that's important and that's just a couple of examples and I would encourage you you can go to Wikipedia and look at all those verses and see how they correlate the Old Testament and the New Testament so there's no teaching or preaching that's worth its salt if you don't have a way of applying it to your lives so This is what I want to do this morning, is to look at some of the application for how we can experience God in our own lives by looking for him in the Bible. So number one, seek him in the scriptures. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search with me for all your heart, with all your heart. And then in Acts 17, verses 27 and 28, it says, So that you should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. So both of those verses there talk about seek and find. So if we'll go in the scriptures and we'll seek God, we'll find him no matter how far he seems to be from us. I mean, how many of you in the middle of the night have gotten up and you're going for a light switch? You can't see it, and so you're, you're just kind of rubbing on the wall looking for the light switch. Well, that's what he's talking about here. Even when we don't know that God is right there, if we'll just seek him, if we'll grope for him, if we'll just feel lost and just be seeking and groping and searching, what does it promise? We'll find him. Okay, number two. The second way that we can experience God in the scriptures is to love and worship him. So we already talked about Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 and the great commandment to love the Lord. But let's look at another one in Psalm 95, verse 6. And I'd encourage you to read this whole psalm, Psalm 95. It's awesome. Uh, But verse 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. And if you read that whole psalm, you'll find that it's a call to worship and obedience. He wants us to worship Him. In uh, John chapter 4, verse 23, it says, But the hour is now coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about our church is the fact that Alex and Crystal come on Sunday morning and they are prepared. They don't just have a list of songs and they're going to play through those songs and then they're done. That's not what they come here to do. They come with hearts to lead us to truly worship God. That's how we're going to find God. We have to worship Him and love Him. Okay, number three. We need to pray to him to experience him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And y'all, this is there's a lot of scripture in this teaching, so just be ready. Matthew 6, 6, but you when you pray, go into your room. And in the King James Version it says, go into your closet. You know, before we got called to go on the mission field. I was working at a place called California Closets. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but California Closets makes custom closets. Now, how how bad do you need a custom closet? But I'll tell you what, this company made some money. But I can remember, we would go in and we would customize a closet the size of our bedroom. And you go in there and there's just, There's shelves, and there's drawers, and there's rods. and I mean, it's beautiful, and it's amazing. But you know what? You don't have to have a closet like that to go in and pray to God. It goes on to say, Go into your room or your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And then it goes on a couple verses down and goes into the instructions on how to pray. And basically all that is is a pattern for prayer. You know, if you go to the Lord's Prayer and you just take a verse at a time, our Father, and you can just stop there. How many ways can you talk to God about Him being your Father? and all the other names that he has. Pray through that. Who art in heaven. I mean, just think about heaven. Number one, that you have the promise of going there one day. And what that's going to be like. And what a blessing it's going to be to be there. Do that through the whole prayer. You don't have to just say word for word the Lord's Prayer. Pray from that. And experience God, because he, it, all it is is a relationship with God. You talking to Him, and guess what? He'll talk to you. Um, Second Chronicles 7:14. This is a, a verse that a lot of people know. "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin and heal their land. Do you need forgiven from your sin? Do you want your land healed? Does our land need healing? Yeah. Yeah. So seek his face and he'll speak to you. Okay, number four wait on him. We can experience him by waiting on him. For a lot of us, this is a difficult one, waiting on him. Um, We want it now. We want it our way. Burger King should have never made that commercial. You know, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember that commercial, but have it your way, have it your way. That's not God's plan. 1 Samuel 15, 22. So Samuel said, has the Lord... Ah, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Sorry. Back up. Proverbs 8. Sorry, Bree. <laughs> Proverbs 8, 34 through 35. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors... For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Watching and waiting. So, kids in here, are you listening? Kids listening? Okay, let me ask you a question. Christmas morning, what is the most important thing? What is? Oh, that's such the right answer. <laughs> Okay, what's the second most important thing on Christmas morning? Oh, now you guys are cheating now. Presents. Presents. There it is. I needed to ask the adults. Okay, so when I was like four years old, my mom and dad bought a house. And it was just a two-bedroom, one-bath house. And I had two brothers that were just under me. So there were the three of us in the one-bedroom and my mom and dad in the other bedroom. And then they had another child. And then they had a daughter. And so they had to go up and finish out the attic and make it sleeping rooms for us three oldest boys. So Christmas morning... We're upstairs in our rooms, and we're not allowed downstairs until we're told we can come downstairs. So I don't know what time it was we'd get up. I know it was before my mom and dad got up. And so we'd go out on the steps leading to downstairs, and we would sit there, and we would watch for any sign of light or anything that came on downstairs. And we'd listen for any kind of movement, because we knew as soon as that happened, we would run downstairs and go after those gifts. But we had to wait and we had to watch. And that's how God wants us to be anxious to find him. We need to wait and we need to watch, but we need to be so excited about getting there that we are just waiting and watching for him Okay, Luke chapter 2, and this is going to be a long one, uh, but you'll see why when we get to the end. Luke, 22, uh, Luke 2, 25 through 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, his, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, "'a light for revelation to the Gentiles "'and for glory to your people Israel.' "'And his father and his mother marveled "'at what was said about him. "'And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, "'Behold, this child is appointed "'for the fall and rising of many in Israel "'and for a sign that is opposed. "'And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, "'so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed.'" So, up in verse 29, it said, Letting your servant depart in peace. At that point, he felt like his life had been fulfilled. He had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, it doesn't say whether he was old or not, but once he saw the Lord's Christ, he was ready to depart. (laughs) He was ready to go home to be with the Lord. But then he went on, and not only did Simeon wait to get to see the Lord's Christ, but since he had waited, God used him to prophesy. Those last verses there were him prophesying. That's a pretty good investment on his waiting time. He was waiting for the Lord's Christ, and then he got the opportunity to prophesy. So, you know, sometimes waiting has its rewards, and when it comes to being with the Lord, waiting always has its rewards. Okay, number five, obey him. Now we go to First Samuel fifteen twenty-two. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. And then 1 John 5, 2, and 3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. How many of you ever felt like a command from God was burdensome? I don't know about (laughs) y'all, I've got a lot of testimonies to give, okay, in in the message I have been giving. Um, Some are old, some are more recent. This particular one, um, back in 1978, I think, or seven, we bought our first house. Um, It cost us incredibly, it was like $25,000. I know you guys can't even relate to that, but, um, so we bought that house. We lived in it like three years and then I got a job opportunity in Texas. And so we sold that house. We made $10,000. I mean, we thought we were in high cotton, $10,000. Now you can't even pay your closing costs with that, but, um, So we moved to Texas, and we got saved, and we're in this little church, and this church was just exploding. Uh, It it had been a Baptist church, and then it kind of went charismatic, and the place was just exploding. So we're in this little building, and I mean, it was like we would have six seats in a row, and there would be like 10 people in those seats. It was so crowded. People were sitting in the window sills, people were standing in the aisles, they're standing in the foyer. We were just busting at the seams. So this one Sunday morning, we're having this fundraising service to raise money for a new building and to buy land. So I, you know, we were standing up and giving, giving our pledge and so I stood up and said, We'll give a $1,000. And man, I thought, we're something. Man, we're giving a $1,000. And so, you know, everybody would clap, and then you'd sit back down, and then the next person would get up. And I sat down, and right away I knew, now, that's not going to work. I felt like God told me, you need to give it all. Give the 10000 said, but God, we need to buy a house. And if we don't have this $10,000, we don't have a down payment. We can't pay closing costs. We can't give this $10,000. Obey me. Obey me. So I looked over at Diane. She goes, I know we're supposed to give it all. She already knew. So I stood back up, and I said, you know what? God says we're supposed to give all that we have, and that's $10,000. That was hard to obey God, because we didn't know what we would do. We had had no way to buy a house if we gave that $10,000. Within six months, we owned a home. God did it. God took care of it. We didn't need that $10,000. And it was a four-bedroom, two-bath, cute little cul-de-sac in a subdivision. It was an awesome place. More than we probably could have done if we'd have had that $10,000. It was just incredible. But sometimes it's hard to obey God. Sometimes in our flesh we don't want to. But you know What? If we'll obey him, he'll make himself known. All right, next one. Trust him. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Which would be better? Trusting in your own understanding or trusting in God? Huh. Philippians 4.19 says and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus you know that, when he says supply all your needs we think of things right I mean God you're going to supply our food you're going to supply our shelter you're going to supply whatever we need Well, it isn't always things. So a more recent testimony. um, Back in October, I had a mini stroke. And then when I got into the hospital, they found out three or four months prior I'd had a full-on stroke. And they ran all kinds of tests on me. EKGs and MRIs and I don't know all those letters. But they ran them all. And they found I had a hole in my heart, which, by the way, is not a big deal. 25% of people have a hole in their heart. Um, It was kind of scary when they first told me. But anyway, they decided that after all those tests, they weren't done yet. They felt like they needed to do a spinal tap on me. Now, I don't know if any of you ever had a spinal tap, I never had, and I didn't want another one, or I didn't want my first one. And all I could think of was spinal tap, pain, sticking this big needle in my back and taking stuff out of me, and I'm like, no. But they insisted. So I got to say, I was afraid. I mean, I didn't know what it could do to you, but it just didn't seem to me like it could be good. So they carry me back to this room. Diane couldn't go back with me. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm worried. They lay me on this table face down. And all I could think of was, God, I, this is scary. I'm scared. And besides that, I don't like pain. And... He just said, trust me, trust me. So what came to mind was the 23rd Psalm. So I said, okay, I'm going to trust you, Lord. And I just started repeating the 23rd Psalm in my mind over and over and over and over. And before I knew it, they said, okay, we're done. I felt no pain. It was like, are you sure you did it? (laughs) I trusted him I trusted him in my fear I trusted him in my worries okay last one fear him so first of all I want to say anytime that you see fear reverence uh, referring to God it's reverence and awe okay it's not cowering and being afraid it's being in awe of him So here's what I want want you to think about being in awe and reverence of him. Just think of when you go to heaven, the first thing you're going to do is stand before God. What are you going to do? Are you going to be in awe and reverence standing in the presence of God? That's how we need to think of fear of God when we see it in the scriptures. So, Acts 10, verses 34 and 35. So, just to give you some background on this, Cornelius was uh, a person who by Jewish law was unclean, but he loved God. And so God spoke to him and said, hey, go get this guy named Peter and have him come to your house and speak to y'all. And so he sends his people to where Peter is. Peter's up on the roof praying. And God drops down this sheet full of clean and unclean animals and says, Peter, eat. And he goes, no way. This is, I've never eaten unclean animals before. And God says, don't call unclean what I've made. So then he goes and he goes with these people to Cornelius' house. And in verses 34 and 35, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and does what is right is accepted by him. You want to be accepted by God? Be in awe of him. Reverence him. Tell him how awesome he is and wonderful he is in your life. I just really want to encourage you. God is there. He's in the scriptures. He wants to show you how to experience him in every way. No matter where you are in your walk with God, whether you're brand new Or you've been walking with him for 40 years? He loves you, and he wants you to experience him, and he wants to have relationship with you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your presence here today. Thank you that every scripture that we read this morning is true, and it's good for us. And it's good for us in our relationship with you. So I pray, Lord, that uh, as we leave this place, we will experience you in your scriptures every day that we open your word, every day that we hear your word. Lord, thank you for your presence with us. Be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.